The following program is sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is responsible for its content. Welcome to From the Median, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Good evening and welcome to From the Median, where we are concerned with the middle ground, not just to understand both sides of an argument, but also to awaken the consciences of those who are neutral or indifferent to this, the greatest civil rights movement of all times, the pro-life movement. Listeners, as always, wonderful to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining. Remember to go to our podcast, pass them around, make sure everybody listens to these wonderful programs that we produce for you with amazing guests, absolutely amazing guests. I have a returning guest right now joining me, Dr. Jennifer Roback Morse. You have seen her at our conventions. You've heard her many times on my program. She's actually everywhere. She's been on EWTN. She's been everywhere. She's, she's an expert on the, on the fallout of the sexual revolution. And I'm so honored to have her with us right now. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me, Molly. It, uh, there's a lot going on, isn't there? There sure is. And the reason why I have you on right now, and I want to keep this as what, what I call an evergreen program, Jennifer, which means I will play it again and again and again as many times as I can so that people get saturated with the good news that's coming from you, even though the topic is a very sad one. And it's actually very bad news for many Catholics and Christians around the world. You have very recently read and looked at this document, this terrible document that's just come out of the Vatican, supposedly with, you know, the Pope's blessing, Pope Francis's blessing, etc. I'm going to have you talk about it. I'm going to have you tell everybody what it's about. But I do want to tell people before we get into that, that Jennifer really is an expert on these types of issues. She she started the Ruth Institute, which just go to their website. You'll see all of the information there about her. But she started the Ruth Institute, which is ruthinstitute.org, way back when she was fighting, when we were fighting the sexual revolution. And Jennifer has been around. She's been fighting this, this whole issue. She's been saying to everybody, you know what, guys, we have... Have the most wonderful culture and way of life through Christian morality. Why are we throwing it away, Jennifer? I think that's it in a nutshell is what you've been saying. Yes, 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 yes. <clears throat> I, I didn't mean to get involved in all this, Molly. Um, and <laughs> God sneaks up on you, doesn't he? <laughs> right. Like, like most people who deal with anything having to do with homosexual issues and transgender issues and all that, most of us who are in this space we're dragged into a kicking and screaming. You know, we, no one really wants to deal with it. Um, but, but I'm telling your followers, um, I know you would much rather save babies because that's more appealing and more obvious. It's more obvious what the harm is of abortion. But I'm telling you, the whole of the sexual revolution is, uh, is bad news for society. It's yeah. bad for men, women, and children alike, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this latest thing from the Vatican is fiducius supplicans. Um, the document wherein um, <clears throat> they take 5,000 words to say uh, gay marriage is still not a thing. Uh, the Catholic Church does not. The Catholic Church still holds that marriage is one man and one woman. Uh, yeah, homosexuality is still a sin, but you can bless people. Yeah, you know, and then 5,000 words that are all weasel words as far as I'm concerned um, to to provide cover for people doing something that some of the clergy have probably been doing all along and would like to do, which is to, you know, somehow give a liturgical or 
um, some kind of support from the church, not only for homosexual persons, not only for persons who are same-sex attracted and striving to leave leave chaste lives, but but for the unions themselves, okay? Yeah, yeah. And so it, it's a lot of doublespeak. It's kind of a psychological warfare, I think. it's got, I, I would call it a, a psyops, you know, yep. um, and the whole psychological warfare over the question of whether committed homosexual persons can get married, yada, 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 uh, which the church has spoken definitively on this question a long time ago. The reason for the 5,000-word document is to create confusion, as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, since the document came out, more things have happened, more things have come out. Father James Martin has very publicly blessed somebody in front, after calling the New York Times to take a picture of him. Oh, um, my goodness. Oh, my right, goodness. Right, right. You remember that. <clears throat> that happened, like, within 24 hours of this thing. Um, the author of the um, of this document, the current head of the Tiscastri of, of the Doctrine of Faith, um, uh, people have uncovered a scandalous book that he wrote years ago, and so that everybody's in an uproar about that. Um, the Pope said something really good, saying that we should ban uh, international surrogacy, and so that was a really good thing. So this thing is just, you know, it's just, just popping up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. But I do want you to go back to this document because, yes. um, Jennifer, there has been a mixed reaction for, to the document. It, it's a, it's a Vatican document. It's coming out of the Vatican. It's coming right. out from one of their top cardinals there or, or bishops right. there. So it, it does hold a certain amount of authority. There is, there is authority in, in this. So, yes. but, but what is the response from around the world has been very, very interesting. The German bishops, I think, are all over it. Go, let's go from there. The German bishops think this is a wonderful thing. Well, they, I, actually, some of them are irritated that it didn't go far enough. You know. Oh my um, goodness gracious me! Yeah, 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 sure, sure, of course, you know. But be, because you know, if you follow that, and those of you who are not Catholic. You don't really need to know all of this stuff. I feel terrible scandalizing our non-Catholic brothers and sisters, but but it, but anyway, you know the German cardinals, uh, the German Church has has kind of led the way in being pro-gay and pro-progressive. You know they think they're progressive and so on and so forth. Um, and, but around the world, if you look around the world, the African bishops have gone completely the opposite direction and categorically reject the document. And so there, you know, in, in previous. Um, ambiguous things that have come out of, of this pontificate in particular. People have tried <coughs> Molly, sounds I'm going like, to hope you, you like you've got a out. very bad cold there, Jennifer Roback. Well, no, just a little, just a little tickle. Yeah. Uh, um, um, in, in, with the Morris Letitia, for example, um, the document that created ambiguity around um, divorce and remarriage and communion and that kind of stuff. Um, people said, oh, we can interpret this in, in, in harmony with the tradition, and that's what we're going to do here in our diocese, rah, rah, move on. With this document, some bishops are actually saying, we reject this document. Mm-hmm. It, it's not going to happen. Nothing like this is going to happen on our watch in our territory. And so that is unprecedented. Okay. Yeah. And, and I think the thing for the average Catholic in the pew to understand is the following. The church's t- teaching has not changed because no one, literally no one has the authority to change the deposit of faith period, including well, the Pope in Rome, including the Pope in Rome. And so it, ca- it comes, falls on all of us 
here in the United States, they're in Cleveland, my people around the world who follow the Ruth Institute, it's very important that we state as clearly as possible the teaching that homosexual acts are prohibited, the teaching that marriage is one man and one woman, this comes directly from divine revelation, and our job as Christians is to protect that deposit of faith. And if the if the if our religious superiors don't do it, we will do it. We will say, this is the truth. It cannot change. It cannot be changed. Now, the real danger with this document and the thing that makes it a, um, a psyop, right, is that it's, it gives lip service to the doctrine, but then it changes the pastoral practice so much that the doctrine is, is obscured rather than highlighted and promoted mm-hmm. the way it really should. And so uh, <clears throat> that's, that's where the trouble is coming in. And, uh, you know, of course, everybody sees that. So the way I think of it is, is that Pope Francis has walked right up to the edge of changing the teaching in a magisterial man- manner. But he has not crossed the line. And I don't think he will cross the line. I don't he's, think he, he will either, Jennifer. Yeah. I don't think he will. He's right up at the line. He's so close to the line he can spit over it. But he has not changed the teaching. And that – I. I He's caused tremendous confusion. He's demoralizing a lot of people. I feel so concerned for the priests, the clergy, um, that, that, you know, that are going to be approached by same-sex couples demanding a blessing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so this, the second thing that I would say to all of your listeners is you need to support your clergy who are trying to do the right Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Any, anybody who says the right thing, anybody who, um, who does the right thing, you need to pat them on the back. You need to take them out to dinner. You need to send them flowers. You do whatever. <laughs> send them a letter if it's a guy in Nigeria and you want to do something, you know, um, to, to be constructive. You've got to support the clergy who are doing the right thing. And I have a, I have a whole video on this topic, which I want to, I want to commend to people. Come over to the Ruth Institute YouTube channel and look under videos. We call it Ruth Reacts whenever I'm reacting to something by video. Um, and this particular video is kind of funny. Um, it, it's not just Catholics saying, oh, gosh, Dr. Morse, thank you so much for saying this. There are a whole lot of non-Catholics who are not very nice yeah. <laughs> coming over and saying, oh, we knew you guys were the whore of Babylon. We knew it all along. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, right. You know, yeah. oh, this is just what we need. And then we have some gay trolls over there talking about how Jesus had 12 boyfriends and, you know, all this oh kind of... Oh, my goodness. Oh, <laughs> my like, goodness. This is my life, Molly. Oh, so my please, goodness. Cleveland yeah. Right to Life listeners, please come over to our video. Yeah, just... And, just, and, and, be, and you know, and I think that's one of the biggest thing we can talk about, Jennifer, is, is the need for people to be informed with the oh. truth. The truth. Yeah. There is... Yeah. We, we, are, we are living... In a culture of lies, that's oh yeah, like I've never ever seen before. I mean, I've seen different uh, d- doing different different eras in different countries. I've seen the lies being spread, and don't, I have never seen lies like are being spread right now. The fact that we are living in that, and the only way to defeat that is to know the truth. So if that's we right. we have to know the truth, folks. <laughs> You've got to go to places like Jennifer's uh, 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 blog spot, uh, Ruth, RuthInstitute.org, just RuthInstitute.org. I'll put that up on our website yes, um, yes. So, so that you can go there. But we've got to be educated. 
Right, right. And, and here's the thing that, uh, that I think the whole pro-life movement needs to embrace, and I, I think the Catholic corner of the pro-life movement knows this, and others are coming close to knowing it, but I, I want to say this explicitly. The, the Catholic Church has the advantage of, of, of its stability over the centuries. Protestantism, and I don't want to single out any particular Protestant group, okay, but Protestantism um, doesn't have the same ability to hand on its doctrine it, it, system in a systematic manner, you know, because every every one of the mainline um, Reformation era denominations has splintered over these very issues, right? Exactly, exactly. And but, folks, and there, m- many of you listening to this program are are, are of Pro- you know are Protestant Christians, and and right. you know I think many of you have spoken to me about this exact oh, same thing that you have said. One of the things that you always um, you know look look to is is, is the, the 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 consistency of the Catholic teachings because yes. you know that does tend to change, and and you know. And and it has created it's caused many of you that that I've spoken to anyway to say I cannot no longer stay in this particular Protestant denomination or Protestant church or evangelical church because the pastor has decided to go in a different direction and he is allowed to there's no there's nothing to stop him from doing that that's, there's no right. there's absolutely no guardrails which you know and and I and I'm simplifying folks I am simplifying I know many of you are going to say oh Molly that's not true that's not true I, I'm simplifying it to say that that that's it's more more likely to happen in yes. in a in a, a less hierarchical and and that's the problem. It's it's a blessing and it's a curse, Jennifer. Because that's right. That's, <laughs> exactly, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. There's so much we could say about that point, but the, the yeah. thing that I that I want to get to is that really every authority structure in society has been corrupted by the sexual yes. revolution. Yes. And so for us, it's you know for us it's our hierarchy. For the Protestant denominations, it's other kinds of things. You know, they've got crazy people saying that the Bible, the Bible doesn't say anything bad about homosexuality and this type of stuff. You know, yes, exactly, Just, exactly. Sola scriptura, sola scriptura has not protected the Protestants. Papal infallibility has not protected us. You've got to be intentionally resistant to the sexual revolution. Are you going to be swept away by it? You know, I mean, I think that's the that's the yeah. big picture. But but what I want to I want to just summarize. That Catholic teaching on marriage, family, and human sexuality is a coherent whole. All the parts fit together. So the, the rejection of contraception, of, of artificial contraception is a very important aspect of the civilization built on Christianity, saying that the sexual function, the sexual drive is meant for procreation. That's its organic purpose, right? Yeah. That's its natural end. And when you disrupt that, a lot of bad things flow from it, which weren't obvious even to Pope Paul VI in 1968. He didn't foresee how bad it was going to get. But at today, it should be obvious that, that removing the moral strictures against contraception, that was a cultural catastrophe. Yep. And, and we haven't played out all the, all the aspects of it. But, but what I want to say is that the, the, the Catholic package, if you want to call it that, which was at one time everybody agreed on these things. This is the other thing, you know, that, that Martin Luther and um, John Calvin did not approve of contraception. Absolutely which, you know, not. Yeah. Right, right. So that's important. To, and to many, and there are many uh, uh, Protestant churches who don't either. I mean, I, I, have, I, some, I have some dear, no, that's exactly right. yeah, we have that's some exactly dear friends right. who don't approve of it at all. Yeah, yeah and, that, and that's why they're drawn to you for that reason. Yeah. But, but, the, but the point is that the, the Christian package is an is a coherent 
and humane alternative to the sexual revolution. We have answers. The Catholic Church has preserved answers to every question that people would ever raise about it. Mm -hmm. And the net result of the Christian tradition is for every child, a mother and a father. That Mm -hmm. is what we can offer that the sexual revolution cannot come close to offering for every child, no matter how rich, no matter how poor, for every child, a mother and a father, for every man, no matter how rich, no matter how powerful, one and only one wife, period. Okay. And other societies, you know, where think about Henry VIII, you know, discarding his wives because they didn't serve his purposes. Think of polygamous societies. Mm-hmm. The rich guys hog all the women, yeah. you know, yeah. is what tends to happen in those societies. So, so the, the lifelong monogamous social ethic, sexual ethic that Jesus created for us very, very clearly and revealed to us in the scriptures, um, and that the Catholic Church has tried to preserve that is a humane alternative to the uh, view that sees human sexuality as a recreational activity mm-hmm, with no moral mm-hmm. or social significance. Exactly. Those are the two alternatives, okay? Exactly. And those of you who are same-sex attracted, who experience persistent same-sex attraction, the sexual revolutionaries are using you. They like you because you your kind of sex is intrinsically non-procreative. That's right. And that's, that's why you're useful to them. They don't care how bad you feel. They don't care how, uh, how rough the, the, um, the gay cultural scene actually is for people. They don't care about that. The, the fact is you're, you're an, you've become an icon for them because you represent non-procreative sex exactly. as a norm, exactly. you know? Exactly. So, right. so you, we must not apologize for Catholic teaching. We no, must never no, absolutely. And, and, you know, I, and I don't, you know, I think, I think as I said, so many people look, you know, because of the continuity of the Catholic teachings, it's been. Let's go back to this document, though, and, yes, and, the, and the author. Um, I don't know if a very, you know, very late breaking news about the author who wrote this and the scandalous book that he wrote back in 1998, I think it was. Um, right. And, and I guess right now he's trying to back away from it and pretend that he didn't, you know, I don't know what he's saying, but I guess the, he is trying to back away from what he said in, the, in that book. But this is the sort of guy, it, it, it was really, it's a pornographic graphic book um about right. you know about about the sexual act and it's it's just i'm i'm not going to mention it on on air because i think it's just dreadful absolutely dreadful um but but one of the things that you point out in your press release that you put out Jennifer was the fact that priests can bless it has n- the, the church cannot bless same sex unions or irregular in, uh, heterosexual unions for that matter um and and this is still the, exactly the same. This has not changed. What they what what this document is saying is priests can bless any individual who asks for a blessing, but but there again that ha- that that person has to be worthy of that blessing. Mm-hmm. They have to be sorry for. They have to be at the point where they recognize what they're doing or whatever whatever lifestyle they have needs to be fixed, and they're asking for a blessing. Isn't that is that not right? And well, that's the problem that we're that we're at right now because this is not the you know that, that you're blessing somebody in a relationship that is considered sinful. To the confessional, the very first thing that happens is you ask for a blessing. Exactly, Just, Father, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Okay, and and so yeah, we bless sinners all day long. Hopefully, you know, yes. hopefully you got long lines at the confessional there in Cleveland. We do here in Lake Charles, that's for sure. Um, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. 
And this document is creating the James Martin um, photo op situations. There was another one in Lexington, Lexington Kentucky as well, um, you know, where a lesbian couple came to the church and the priest actually wore a rainbow stole. He was the photo. Yeah, really. As a prayer, dear Jesus, bless, uh, uh, forgive them, forgive them. Because uh, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. So, so the the fact is that uh, if you ask a priest for blessing, you know, you can walk up to a priest any time and say, you know, will you bless my rosary? I'm about to, or I'm about to go on a trip, Father. Will you give me a blessing for safe travels? You know, he's not going to give you the third degree. No, exactly. <laughs> and all priests know this. All you know, any, any priest with an ounce of common sense, which I realize may be more limiting than we would care to think, but anyway. But, sensible priests, and most of them are sensible, holy, decent men. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not, you know, they, they know what to do. They know how to handle themselves. But this document is setting people up to be set up, yeah, right? In other yes. words, in other words, you know, if there's a, if there's a, 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 a priest who's a little bit too outspoken or who crosses the gay lobby in some way, it's now, he's now a target mm-hmm. for somebody for a couple to come and say, "Oh, Father, we want a blessing," uh, you know, and then and then to have the, their tape recorder running to to record what he says, <laughs> right, yeah. so that they can go after him, you know. I mean, you, you can't tell me that no priest has ever been set, deliberately set up before. Oh, of, of course, course yeah, of, of course. course. And, and, and that's part of and that's part of the uh, of of the of the commitment that they make when they when they become a priest. They know much of this is going to happen, and that's why it's so important. What you exactly what you say here is that you know remember that nothing has changed. You know, this is all there still, and it's you know the the problem is the confusion that this is causing. It's causing Correct. incredible, incredible confusion amongst so many people. So and that's people. why you, yeah. you need to support your good clergy. And and the other the other thing I say in my little video in the press release that you have there is that is that we as ordinary lay Catholics of no particular authority at all, a lot of people are upset and people are going after each other on social media. And if you say, you know, some people are going after you. Because of the confusion, people are mapping out one little corner of this thing and saying, "This is this is my little turf, and this this is how I'm thinking about it." That keeps me halfway sane through all the confusion, <laughs> you know. And then when somebody disagrees with it, then people get really upset and stuff like that. I think it's important for all of us to realize that we are being played in a sense, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of psychological warfare. Creating division amongst us is part of the. Uh, the evil one's purpose. I don't know if the guys in the Vatican are smart enough to to have this all thought out, but surely the evil one knows what's going sure, on here, right? Sure, exactly. Um, and right. So it's important that we not lose our minds, that we not lose our faith, that we not lose our patience. Okay. The grace that we have as Christians, as and as Catholics. That's right. That's right. You know. And so, so remember, you, remember who we are, and as we go forward, and as we get into the discussions, this is why, in some ways, social media can be so dangerous because it does tend to right. pull everybody into these horrible discussions. Um, right. You know, if we're going to get into the discussion, do so with dignity, with Christian human dignity, so that you can, so that there can become a a positive um, yes. learning experience rather than you know these yeah. name calling. You know, vitriol things that happen so often on social media, which is why I stay right away, to be quite honest.
You do. Oh no, you do. We've, we've just, we've just got right back involved in it again. You have to be there. So Jennifer, we're almost out of time. Your last, your last, your last thoughts. What, what do you My parting shot for everybody. Listen, when you get upset, remember you're going to feel better if you do something constructive. So I suggest if this starts to really bug you for any reason, good reason, bad reason, random reason, if it starts, you must do something constructive. And that is when you pick up the phone and thank the priests for doing oh, the right thing. That's beautiful. Absolutely that's beautiful. Not let yourself get freaked out. Yeah. You know, yeah. reach out and support the people who are doing the right thing. That's you exactly And you're right. going to feel better. You're going to feel, I promise you, yeah, if you're doing something constructive. That is such a positive way to end the program today. Thank you so much, Dr. Jennifer Roback Morse. She is the president and founder of the Ruth Institute, the Ruth Institute. No, it's not the, it's just ruthinstitute.org. Then the website will be on our website. If you just go there, you can click on it and download all the information she's got there. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate the time you always take to talk with us. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Don't go anywhere. I will be back with you right after this very short break with another world-class, inspiring guest.